0: Everybody and welcome to Taking Control the ADHD podcast on rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Well, hello Pete Wright. Hello Nikki Kinzer. It's a fine day today. It's a beautiful fall day here in Oregon. It is. And after after really crummy last week and a rainy Halloween and it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Nice to have a it little is. Break, as short as it is. Uh, I will suck it in. We are, are continuing our uh, uh, theme here around workplace and ADHD. Uh, and uh, today we're talking about strengths and core strengths and how to maximize those strengths at work. Before we do that, head over to takecontroladhd.com to get to know us a little bit better. Listen to the show right there on the website. You can subscribe to the mailing list pretty please. And uh, you'll get the latest episode each time it goes live. You can always connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD or call us 503-664-4ADD. Get your voice and your thoughts and your questions on this very show. All right, Nikki, work and ADHD and core strengths. Now, we've talked about core strengths, I think, before, but it's been a long time and not at work.
1: Yes, it has been a while, and uh, but before I get into that, I have to share an update
0: on Evernote. Oh, oh, well, be by all means.
1: I know, right? So, you and I had the pleasure of working with one of my clients on helping her understand and set up her Evernote. Right?
0: That was so much fun.
1: It was awesome. I loved it, and of course, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm learning new things. <laughs> And, you know, we've always talked about how I don't use tags and you always, I mean, you're a huge believer in tags and in the Evernote, uh, article, I, you know, she, the writer even says they have this kind of disagreement or, you know, they use this a little bit differently. Right.
0: Well, I uh, suddenly the say, internet makes our tag disagreement, Epic Kardashian it level. Is. It is. It's gone viral. Evernote spat. <laughs>
1: We disagree on something, but I got to say, you have, I've gone to the other side. Really? I'm kind of liking tags.
0: Do tell me, what is, what has your experience been? How have you been playing with tags?
1: Well, I'm still far, far away from where I want to be because here I've used Evernote for years, right? And so I, and I've never used tags. In fact, oh, you, when you've I went back. you got a system, tags, right? Yeah. And when I went back in to look at what tags I even had, it was like, they were old tags. Like they don't mean anything to, you know, to me now at all. So I, I deleted them all and I'm starting over. And so there is a process. It's going to take me some time to kind of get caught up in this whole process, but I'll tell you what clicked is when you were talking about, um, you were basically talking about how to find things with the tag and how much easier it is to just do that with the search button than it is to go to the notebook and actually scroll down and look for the article yeah. or look for whatever it is that you're looking for. And I and where that really clicked for me is that I do a lot of research. I do a lot of studying around ADHD. I want to you know, be up to date with what's happening in the news and current um, information. And, and so I store, I clip a lot of these things from the internet. And I thought, okay, this is how this is going to help me is that instead of having a notebook for all time management things, I can just tag these things and get more specific if I need to like time management, you know, um, I don't know, morning routines or time management. Uh, getting to work on time, right? Like mm-hmm, I can be a little mm-hmm. more specific and that's where it really clicked for me is that instead of wasting my time trying to figure out, okay, where did I save this? Is it under this? Is it under that? And trying to find it um, or doing a word search and being completely off because I, you know, I, I'm not doing the right word search. Yeah. Um, I've decided to do tags. So I'm going to try this out. Thank you, Pete. Right.
0: Well, you're very welcome. And I think what you're getting at, and one of the things we, we helped your client uncover, which I think was really great for her too, as she's a, she's a writer and she wanted to, to be able to find and filter the, the work that she was doing. The thing about tags, and this is what I think people forget when you drop a note in a folder, or in Evernote's case, a notebook um, or a binder, you you can it, that note lives in that binder, right? It can only live in one place, but mm-hmm. it can live in multiple tag sets. So you can actually have a a, a story in Evernote that is tagged as fiction or as Jack. Or as you know, imaging uh, your characters in that story, and you can find them by the uh, by their character tag, or by location tag, or by whatever. It can live in any number of tags. Uh, But it it only has one binder and that might be, you know, writing, whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but and then I think is the real benefit and allows real flexibility. And in this writer's case, you also can have tags around workflow like draft revision one revision two and then with one click you can filter to see just how many stories you have that you're working on that are all in revision two stage. Uh, or all in, you know, ready for submission stage, you know, and as you add and remove tags from notes, makes it really easy to work through the research and, and development process. So I'm so glad to hear you have come around.
1: Yes, I have. So now, you know, one of my projects is to redo my Evernote, which I'm just doing 10 minutes a day.
0: 10 minutes a day. It's all it I'm takes.
1: Bre- I'm breaking it down. I'm doing 10 yep. minutes a day until I get it to the point where I need, you know, where, where I want it, but yeah. 10 so minutes anyway, a day for to, the
0: next 10,000 <laughs> years. Yeah.
1: It's going to be a while. <laughs> um, I also liked your idea of having an archival file. So I've been doing that too, where I'm putting all the stuff into archive, um, so that I don't have to see all the notebooks because that gets so cluttery when yeah. all you're seeing is a bunch of stuff you don't even need. So I'm just going to really. have one notebook archive and throw everything in there so that's that's been helping too excellent
0: so anyway. well, i'm so glad to hear it way to go yes okay. thank you thank you thank well you. back to our our topic in hand today uh we're back at this uh, workplace and adhd thing uh yes. and and finding your strengths at work
1: it's a, this is a positive positive um episode we're gonna talk about strengths we're not gonna talk about weaknesses or challenges no, no, no. Or, Uh-uh No, no, no.
0: no. I'm feeling stronger already.
1: (laughs) Are you good? Oh, yeah. You know what's interesting is when you ask somebody, you know, what are, what do you think your strengths are? Now, this is obviously a very common question in an interview, right? Because Mm -hmm. people want to know what your strengths are. People want to know what your weaknesses are. But even as a coach, when I'm talking to people and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I can help them with coaching. You know, they're they're very it's very easy for them to talk about what's challenging them and and all that. But then when you ask them that question of what are your strengths, what are the good things about ADHD, some people will have immediate answers, but then there's others that really don't know. They have a really hard time answering that question. And that's what I want to talk about. Like that's where I want this to go is I want to help people become a little bit more clear about what their strengths are and then how to highlight them, whether that's in an interview in the workplace you know, whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I imagine that, you know, part of it starts in back in the imposter syndrome conversation that we had just a few weeks ago, which is, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, to define what your strengths are because you likely feel some level of, uh, of, of shame around them.
1: Right. Right. Or, well, and I'm going to talk about this in just a second, but I'm going to bring it up now because it, it just, is fitting. (laughs) It's, it's comparing yourself to other people. So it's, you know, you may feel like, well, this is a strength, but gosh, I don't do it as well as the other person. So I guess I'm not really doing it that well. Yeah, So you kind of undermine, you know, your own achievement just because you're, you're comparing it to somebody else. And that's not fair.
0: And we probably spend a lot more time thinking about our weaknesses than we do our strengths anyway.
1: Oh my gosh, we are our worst critics. We're
0: our worst critics. So, so where do you start? How do you go about, uh identifying and really focusing on your own strength.
1: Well I think the first first thing is you have to identify him. And I know that I laugh because it's like here we are just talking about how we don't know how to. But you got to, you have to figure it out. You have to figure out how to identify your strengths. First thing I'm going to say is, you know, brainstorm on a piece of paper, everything that comes to your mind. So do think about, okay, this is a time that I've been proud of myself. This is, um, I'm really good at, at this. I'm good at that. Whatever it is, um, brainstorm it, put it on a piece of paper. Now this next idea I love is, and it's so helpful. I've done it and it's so, um, it makes you feel good, but it's also just really, uh, interesting is to ask other people who know you in different areas of your life to tell you what you, what they believe your strengths are. So you could ask a coworker, you could ask your boss, you could ask your spouse, you could ask your, um, best friend, a neighbor, anybody that you trust, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but in different areas of your life and ask them, you know, Hey, I'm just kind of working on this little exercise here. Do you mind doing this? And, and I think for the people that you really do trust, you know, ask them to be very specific about why they think this is your strength. Can they give you an example? Can they share with you a story, um, and be very specific about why they, they think this of you. And it's really, it's really interesting when you get that feedback and it does feel good. I mean, there's no doubt about it to, to see that you're, you know, making this kind of, um, impression on someone.
0: I, I really want to just jump on the fact that you asked, you said, you know, ask people to tell you a story, uh, yeah. because people think in stories, right, as as sort of human creatures, they there's so much natural, more natural for them to turn around and say, well, you know, there was this one time when you did this one thing. And to give you an actual example of not just what the experience was, but how other people felt about it uh, that were that witnessed it, it's it's really useful. Uh, Absolutely. Part of the process,
1: yeah. Absolutely. And even with that being, even with that, I would say document what you're hearing or save the story that they're giving you because, um, it's always good to go back to, to, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Other thing you can do are these assessment tests. Two of my favorite ones, the the first one is the VIA Institute on Character. It's like a character strength um, test that you can do. It's a free survey. You answer some questions, you get the results immediately. And it is really interesting to see how close it matches up to what you think, right? And you can also compare it to what other people are saying about you. And then another assessment you can do is the strengths test.com and it's the same kind of thing. You go through the survey and you get these results. And so again, it's just giving you kind of another platform or another way of thinking of what your strengths might be or another way of getting
0: to them. What do the results look like? Like what is it what does it tell you when you've taken one of these tests?
1: Gosh, you know, Pete, I don't have that information in front of me. It's been a while since I take that I took the VIA character ones, but I know it's in categories where it's like um, compassion and, you know, uh, honesty, it's like these definite values of what's most important to you and how you thought, like it's kind mm-hmm. of prioritized like one mm-hmm. through five. Um, and I think what, what the value is of looking at that is, you know, is honesty. It does that make sense that that's like that integrity piece is your number one value, like, you know, or, um, whatever else there might be. And, and it's escaping my mind on what they are now, but, um, that's really, I think just to see how close it matches because you, you, most of the time people are going to agree and say, yeah, that really makes sense. But you know, you never know. You, you know, you may not agree and that's okay too. I mean, these are not like proven assessment tests that this is the way it is. You know, you can, you look at them or you analyze them the way you want to. Okay. Okay. So say you're still a little unsure, right? Like you're still not getting there. Um, The other thing to kind of think about is when do you feel most excited about something? When are you motivated and inspired about doing something? And these are the things that you kind of want to pay attention to because you're portraying some kind of strength here. Um, you know, especially if you're proud of yourself or you feel really good about something, maybe you just completed a phone call that you, um, you know, have been avoiding and and that's something you're really proud of yourself. Well, you know what a character strength or a a strength there could be, um, perseverance. You didn't, you didn't give up, you know, um, persistence. It's like, okay, you kept going back to the to-do list and you did it. I -hmm. mean, these are the things that people aren't always seeing about themselves, right? I mean, they're only focusing that it's taken me two weeks to make the call, but you know what you made? the call. And that's, that's the strength that we want to acknowledge. Um, and again, I'm going to go back to documenting these things, um, using a success journal. We've talked about that before. So when you're getting feedback from people, when you are feeling really good about a situation, write those things down, keep, keep them in, you know, some kind of file or something to go back to, because, memories are going to fail and you're going to go, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to go down that rabbit hole of feeling bad or just having a really bad day. And if you can go back to this and look at it, I mean, it's going to immediately lift your spirits, you know, cause you're going to be like, Hey, this is, you know, things are okay. It's not so bad. I'm going to get through the day, you know? Absolutely.
0: Day. Absolutely. Clip every email you get from somebody that says something nice to you. It's fantastic.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we already mentioned this, but this is where I was going to talk about the comparing yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Just focus on you. You can be proud of yourself, um, for something that, you know, it doesn't matter how anybody else does it. If you did it and you're proud of yourself, that's good enough. Put it in your, that, you know, put it in the success journal and, um, Mm -hmm. That, that comparison factor is definitely a self-sabotager. So we want to stay away from that. And then once you kind of gathered all of the information, again, kind of going back to that success journal, but being a little bit more formal about it is kind of writing out more of a detailed profile of who you are, what your strengths are, when you feel like you are at your best and giving yourself situations and specific scenarios of where you feel like you performed at your best, or you really did something nice for someone or whatever it is. And um, again, no challenges or negativity is allowed in this profile. This is all really good stuff about you. And, And this is what, you can kind of refer back to, especially if you're going into a job interview um, or you're just going into a situation that you have some anxiety around and you just need to be reminded, you can kind of go back to these things. So sure. that's sort of kind of the step-by-step um, process of, I think, identifying what your strengths are, but also now what do you do with it? How do you capture it so that you can um, look back at it later? Now, a couple of things within the workplace we did touch this or we talked about this at the last, um, show about picking the right job at the very end of the podcast. We talked about that. And, you know, I think that this is still important that when you're interviewing, um, at a new potential employer that you still do as much interviewing uh, you know, to them as they do to you. So I want you to ask questions. I want you to find out if it's a good fit for you. Is this a job that is going to interest you? Does it match your strengths? Uh, what is the work environment like? And and as you suggested last week, you know, talk to someone who already works there and get a really good idea of what it's like before you accept the job, because that's a lot of that prevention of just making sure you have the right job to match your strengths and and whatnot.
0: Once you're already at work right and you you have these these strengths and you you kind of have a good sense of what you're what you're good at there you know and as much as we don't want to talk about kind of the neg- negativity of you know sort of living with ADHD that can come with it right the self-judgment and those kinds of things there there are still like general behavioral issues that you you've got to compensate for with ADHD, And so I, I think there is something about like what what happens when you find you you're unable to focus on people that are talking to you um, in, in a meeting scenario? What happens when you are, you know, really struggling to focus day after day, but, you know, come in on a weekend and work for 18 hours like that? Like, how do you set those up and, and sort of reframe those kinds of behaviors as strengths in the eyes of those you work with so that you can, you know, continue improving your your reputation? Uh, Right.
1: Well, I I think that also goes along the lines of what we talked about last week, too, you know, on whether or not do we do we tell the employer what's going on. And I think that, you know, depending on the situation, I, I go back to that. I work best in this situation. I will do my best work if I can um, have it set up this way or if I can um, have this available to me and not even necessarily putting any attention to the reason why you need that Mm -hmm. or the reason that you work best in that, but just really highlighting more of this is going to really, I'm going to do my best work for you you know, if, if I can just have these little things, um, done.
0: You know, it's interesting. Like I have, I, just as an example, it, it occurs to me, that sometimes I'm not aware of what I am doing as I am working. And right now I'm I'm very conscious of it because we're talking about it. But I realized that, you know, one of the reasons that I work at a stand-up desk and one of the reasons that I appreciate not having the camera on while I'm podcasting is because while you're talking, I I am literally walking in circles like I am. I am doing deep knee bends. I am. Like, like I am <laughs> I'm
1: surprised you're not out, you out could, of breath. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, it is. It, it comes with many years of practice, but I have to move. Move. I have Hi. to move. If I don't move, then you you hear chairs squeaking. You hear like that is an accommodation that I had to make for my work and made that accommodation as a result of getting myself out of a workplace that was not uh, flexible in that area.
1: Right, right. right.
0: Everywhere. Every office that I've ever had had giant windows. It was something where everybody was looking at you in a fishbowl. And it was there. There's a lot of, of even as a manager, uh, it, you know, as a, a leader in the organization, it can be very difficult to focus. And and, you know, when you don't have the, for me, in my case, when I didn't have the, the sort of freedom, the flexibility to to act the way I my body made me act in order to keep my head on right. straight right right you know,
1: yeah so. well and it's interesting cuz i the last coaching group that i that i had and we were talking about Um, a lot of these issues. And uh, one of the subjects did come up If if, you know, what if they're not understanding and what if they're not willing to do the accommodations and they're not accepting and things like that. And, and somebody from the group, another member actually chimed in and said, you know, I think at that point you have to decide, is this the right employer for you? And maybe that's not the employer that you want to work for if they're not going to accept you for who you are. And, and I think that that's very true just in this situation. You don't have to highlight the reason why you want a stand up desk, but this is just how you work best. And this is what you would really like to have. And if they can accommodate that and make that work for you, that's great. Um, And if they're going to just, you know, flat out say no, 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 or no to this or no to that or no to this, and they're not understanding and you feel like you're being discriminated against then you know, it's probably, it probably isn't the right environment. And that's going back to from prevention from the very start, trying to figure out what kind of work environment you're going into, but you don't always know. I mean, that's the thing is that you, you know, you're making an educated guess at the beginning, but not until you really are in it, do you know, for sure. So you still may, Take the job and then still kind of feel that way at some point,
0: but well, and I know you know often you don't have the choice because of where you are in your career. You know, if you're fresh right. out of college, or you know, and you're just you just sometimes you just have to take the job you have to take. Uh, but these accommodations, you know, having being able to stand and work so that you can move around or have fidgets, you know, these are the things that sort of fill your tank and allow you to you know give more attention when you have to sit in on a meeting, uh, you know, where you you have to be quiet, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it gives you. Fuel for the tank to not send impulsive emails, to not you know act out in in these ways that other people may not understand. So right. I, I think that's a really important balance. And
1: I got to share some advice that my mom gave me a long time ago. Right, moms always know best. <laughs> and this has really stuck with me. Is I remember, and I don't I don't know if it was around college or maybe when I graduated, but she was saying to me, you know, a job is just a job. You if you don't like your job, if you aren't enjoying it, then you just get Different one. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, and it's such simple advice. But it's so true. If you really just don't like the people you're working with, you don't like what you're doing day in and day out, then you know what? Life's too short. Just get a different job.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, there are people who can dissociate that, you know, that, you know, oh, it's just a job and at five o'clock I'm so done and then I get to be who I am. But from eight to five, I go ahead and do this in order to have that. I I was never able to dissociate myself from the work that I was doing. For me, the job was always my stamp on the world and even, even as kind of inconsequential as the job may have been. This is how I was making a mark. And so it had to be the right job. And if it wasn't the right job, man, I got depressed. I, I just, well, yeah, and it, exactly. this was when I was younger and didn't have the, I didn't have the sort of intestinal fortitude to walk in and say, I need a different job because mom said so. Uh, and she was right. It, it was, you know, I am miserable. How do I suffer my way through it? Really? It is just a job. It's just And don't a be job. miserable.
1: It yeah. don't be miserable. That was her point. Don't settle. Yeah. If it's not good enough, then you find something, find something that is. So you are passionate. That's right. Absolutely. I love
0: it. I yeah. love it.
1: Okay, so this does lead to this question because I just got this email um, a day ago and and uh, it, and it and she asked, this is from Heidi, and she asked, how do I balance quirky ADHD and
0: professionalism? I love that. I feel like I, I, just, I didn't even read down that far in our notes here. And then I feel like I just talked about it.
1: I know. Well, and that's why I, I told her when I emailed her back, I said, you know, thank you so much for the question because in my newsletter this week, I said, if you guys have a question about workplace and ADHD, you know, send them in, let me know what they are. And, uh, so I thanked her for, for sending this. And I, I thought, you know, this is, and I told her this, I said, this is going to be a great add on to the show that we're doing because the quirky ADHD can certainly be a a strength. It can certainly be a superpower. And, um, that's what I want to kind of That's what I, how I want to approach it. But Pete, before I talk about it, what, what are your first thoughts when you, when you saw that?
0: Well, at court, Quirky is such a is such a charming word to me. I like uh-huh. when I hear it, it's very positive and very sort of uplifting and charming and it's it's very Zoe De Chanel, you know? I mean, it's like she just exudes this kind of like I'm uh, yeah, I'm quirky. I may have some traits that you don't understand, but I'm so charming, you'll love me anyway. Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> right, right. It's super positive. And so I I think of it uh, like this is an opportunity if you have if you really have quirky, if you really have quirk down then that is uh, that's enormously empowering. It should be enormously empowering because one, one of the things that comes with quirkiness is um, is the ability to uh, to let troubles sort of fall off of your back, you know, water off a duck's back, right? Because you, right. you know it's very sort of Portlandia to me, and I think that that this goes hand in hand with whether or not you you sort of come out as ADHD. <laughs> at work, uh, is your ability to be sort of embrace embracing of the quirk and, and to say, this is who I am. And I'm, I, I need, I need to share with you the people that I work with every day. This is who I am. And this is how my brain works. And I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to, to share with you, um, you know, the things that, that will make me a better person to work with too. And here are some things that, that are a little bit challenging, but I also wear great hats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like,
1: absolutely. That's, that's exactly how I see it too. And I think it's such an asset. It's such a, a wonderful personality to have in your work environment. You know, um, you don't want a bunch of stiff professional people that don't have an opinion or can't think outside no. of the box or just, you know, appreciate status quo and that's it. So, I mean, if you can give more, uh, what an asset, um, and the only thing that I would say about the professionalism part is that, you know, obviously whether you have ADHD or not, you always have to be a little bit careful if you're making a lot of jokes and what kind of jokes are they and are, could they potentially be offensive to people. But I'm not getting that from her. I mean, I don't know. It's just one question. I don't, maybe I'm reading too much into it. My feeling is that if you have that character trait, embrace it. It's a huge strength. And, uh, I have a feeling that more people probably appreciate it than, you know.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, I like ending there. Yes. Great. But I
1: have a challenge for people listening. Oh, do. So if you are one of those people that you can't just name off five, you know, wonderful traits about you, then you need to go check out, uh, those assessments, talk to other people, make a profile for yourself and, uh, do these things that we're talking about because, uh, I think it's a great exercise. So,
0: and you know what else you should do? You should, you should ask, uh, uh you should at mention Nikki on Twitter, uh, and with the hashtag, um, my five ADHD traits and ah, list them nice. out five, five tweets. If you're, if you're, if you've ever struggled with this, share five great things about you, work them up and share five great things with Nikki on Twitter.
1: Oh, I go. love that.
0: Take control ADHD
1: that's right
0: the twitter the twitter go to the twitter
1: go to the twitter that's that's all
0: that's all we've got right i think that's i think we're officially i think we're getting quirky now it's friday it's end of the week yeah
1: exactly thank
0: you everybody for downloading and listening to this show we sure appreciate it and thank you as always nikki kinzer on behalf of the good nikki i am pete Wright, and we will catch you next week right here on taking control the adhd podcast